G'day everyone, welcome to Get Lost with the Travel Guide with your host Ben. Today we've got Inna, I think I've pronounced this correctly and your last name is Garminia, I think, you might have to correct me. Inna is a local tour guide in Kyiv or Kiev in the Ukraine. Uh, she runs her own private tour business. She has two degrees, one in economics and the other in project management. Welcome to the podcast, Inna. How are you feeling right now, just given everything we just spoke about in recent times in history? Hi, Ben. Thank you for inviting me for this talk, for the, your podcast, to be a part of it. Uh, right now, uh, to be honest, I feel stressed because yesterday uh, Ukraine and Russia started war between, with each other. And uh, I was uh, following news all day and my, I had a sleepless night last night. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and I'm here. I, you can ask me some questions. I, that's right. We've, we've been touching base on Instagram and uh, you said you're in Italy. And then just before, the, before we just uh, started the podcast, you were, you've got there because you were quite worried about or concerns about the new... What, what happened? Why did you go to Italy? Yes, I, um, in the end of January, I started panicking when uh, the US and English governments announced that they're going to evacuate their diplomats from Kyiv. And uh, a few days, I don't know, four or five days, I was uh, packing and unpacking my luggage. Uh, some people were laughing at me because they told me, you're overreacting, nothing gonna happen, uh, we'll be no war, it's not possible. But because I have a little son, six years old, I was really feeling uncomfortable. And uh, actually I got this news first, not from press, but from my friends from Amer uh, US. And uh, I thought something serious. So on January 29th, I uh, went to Italy to visit my friends. Um, to be honest, I was going to go by car to bring most uh, stuff with me because I didn't know for how long I go. But in the end, um, me alone with child, so traveling, um, I decided to take an airplane and came for, I don't know, two, three weeks uh, was in my plan. But um, now I'm staying longer because of the current situation. Can you go back home? Like, obviously it's not smart, but can you stay where you are? Like, are, no, you, are, you, are you deemed like a, like a now refugee? No, I'm now staying here um, because Ukrainians don't need visa to Schengen zone, to EU countries. We can stay in EU for, three, for 90 days during uh, six months. And I'm staying here now one month. I can stay two more months. And then I have... I need permission. I need uh, or refugee status or find official job or um, I don't know, other options. Well, yeah. well, I really hope that you're going to be okay. Um, it's it's Thank glad you. to know that you're going to be okay for two months and be able to reassess and yeah, who knows? I don't have a crystal ball, um, but I'm glad you're in a very safe spot. How are, how are your friends and family going? Are they still uh, there? I'm contacting my family and my friends they, uh, yesterday and today daily, uh, every few hours. Um, what I can say, I live in Kyiv and my friends in Kyiv now are hiding 
some uh, I know some hiding underground in a, like a underground storage in private houses. Uh, some people went to the special um, I don't know in English sorry anti bomb uh, safe place. <clears throat> Yeah, makes sense. Yep. Uh, some people staying at home and just waiting, uh, just, you know, waiting if any alarm, they just going to go to the first floor of the building. Yeah. And uh, Kiev uh, this morning... Um, have they got, like, do they have food? Do they, they can uh, have water? You know, Yes, people uh, have food and water, but in many supermarkets, many uh, grocery stores are empty in Ukraine, in Kyiv, uh, in all Ukraine, because people are panicking. Uh, as you probably know, or people know that uh, in Ukraine we got uh, bombs in many, many parts. So actually everywhere in Ukraine, people heard explosions in every part of parts of Ukraine. People have food now, but they're panicking. No, mm. yes, the markets um, are empty. Uh, I know that my friends told that in um, petrol stations you can get maximum 20 liters for one car of petrol. And uh, big, big traffic, at least yesterday, was impossible to go out of Kiev. Yeah. Late after. Yeah, after it's. Work. It's everything that you just said. Um, it's been making a lot of news in Australia. Um, but me being a tour guide, I Google and research everything. Just I have general interest and I've gone real as much as I can to understand how and why this is happening. Cause I'm, I'm really confused. Uh, you're not a politician and you're not a historian. Uh, what you are is a Ukrainian local, a citizen and from Kiev. So, um, how about I try and explain it in two minutes, like the, the sort of history, and maybe you can fill the gaps. Um, well, I can try. I can show uh, well, my view. Sure. Like, I'm, I'm interested to figure out. I think it happened um, when the Berlin Wall came down and then um, you know, the Soviet Union sort of left and gave back independence, I think, to Ukraine. Is that right? What, what happened from there? Yeah. Ukraine started uh, its independent way uh, from 1991. Uh, on uh, on uh, August 24, we got uh, we signed an agreement that we are independent country uh, from Soviet uh, Union, independent from Soviet Union. Yep. <laughs> and uh, so, but. Um, and that's uh, when we started. And most of people spoke Russian language at those times. Uh, my family speaks Russian uh, even now. I use Russian language in, at home. Um, I speak also Ukrainian, of course. And uh, I remember the Soviet times when I was a child, little child. And I remember some changes. Uh, for example, in 90s, um, it was... Uh, really hard time. Um, I personally I remember when I didn't have enough food. Um, it was really hard because my, my mom uh, didn't get salaries for months and then we moved to village just to be able to uh, have some, to grow like to how to say sorry to plant some plants yes to get yep. some food. Um, and uh, 
yeah, I faced, uh, I personally faced hard times in 90s. Um, some people start, um, oppo uh, had opposite situation. They started own businesses and they were quite well in this. Uh, so it was, a, it was a very tough time during, like, we established we're actually the same age. <laughs> but um, so this is like when you're a child. This is before 1991. It was very economically tough. It was very tough uh, to survive uh, no, no, in no. Ukraine. It was after 1990. Wait, wait, wait. It, it happened. Um, uh, I remember I was six years old. Uh, I'm, I was born in 1984, so in 90, I was six, and yeah, we moved to the village at that time, I, and I started school there. So actually, it started before independence. And then after, was still hard time for people. Uh, and then... Um, step why, step. why was it hard? Like, was it hard for, because people couldn't get a job? Was there not much food in the supermarket? Why was it hard times? Um, because, um, as, I, as I mentioned, my mom, for example, didn't get salaries for months. Mm. So it was, um, many people were in this situation because, you know, when the regime is changing, uh, politically, country is not stable and the regime is, we need time to be settled. So those who had owned businesses, they were okay. I don't know, really. I understand. Uh, it just sounds, it sounds like the economy wasn't prospering that well for, to foster a lot of jobs, a lot of employment, as you said, like there wasn't much salary. Um, so I guess the, the economics wasn't doing too great. So it was tough times, but yeah. I think things must have improved, like in, in Ukraine, uh, so. Uh, yes, was improved. Um, I could say, for example, uh, two th before the crisis in 2008, uh, I think we were quite good. Ukraine had good times. And even after, um, we were good. Really, people lived good life. Uh, traveled, um, visiting restaurants. Uh, it was, uh, of course, not easy because, you know, Ukraine uh, is uh, not a strong country anyway, uh, I mean, economically, but still uh, much, much better than in 90s. And, and uh, now, well, we had, uh, after Euromaidan, we had uh, also difficulties. Um, our salaries, were really low. Now, last few years, we were getting better. And uh, um, so, even, yeah, Corona time, you know, of course, Corona time will affect, I think, uh, all countries a little bit later because. So, you know, can I, can I just sort of jump in? And I'm just really curious to understand, like, um, I'm, I'm trying to understand how it went from a tough time to a good time, but also with the government, because uh, to my understanding, there was this very significant thing uh, in 2014. Uh, it's like, this is on Wikipedia. I've, I've, this is quite well known, I think, in, if you're Ukrainian, called the Orange Revolution. 
Um, so I, I, I think, I know this is a tough one, but I'm trying to understand it. Um, Cause I, anyone can Google this, but what they can't do is talk to a local and, and get your uh, understanding of it, which is really what I'm trying to get. Um, like the, so you had sort of two politicians, uh, one favored want to be part of the European union and the other favored want to be part of the Soviet, sorry, Russia, not Soviet yeah. Union, be, be, be part of Putin. And Ukraine sort of, it's divided. It seems like people on the Western side or mostly Western side uh, wants to be more European Union, wants to speak, speak more Ukrainian. And on the East side, you've got people want to be more part of Putin and be more part of uh, Russia. Um, yeah. So I think that's what the Orange Revolution was about because the politician wanted to stay part of Russia and people went, no, 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 dressed up in orange. No, we're not. And there was bashings, there was violence, uh, people died, thousands of people protesting against this. And eventually it led, I think, the politician, ex he left. I think he left the country. Um, uh, you is, mean uh, Yanukovych, our president, ex-president? Uh, hang on, there's two. There's names that I can I struggle to, to read. Uh, uh, he was the, the, the Russian influence guy. Yeah, you know, yes, yes, I've got that yes. written down. Uh, Yes, Yanukovych uh, left the country in 2014. Um, if you talk about the Orange Revolution, it happened in 2004. Uh, and it was, um, yes, it, it was about, uh, we had Yushchenko and Yanukovych. These two people, they were uh, candidates to be president. And in the first round of election, uh, Yanukovych who was pro-Russian, he won, but uh, people start to strike because uh, there were some evidence that this uh, process was not uh, clear. So people uh, asked for second round because there were, you know, uh, some um, uh, questions. I think there was, was there a lot of corruption. It was, it was very suspicious, I believe, mm -hmm. like that got into power. Got elected. Yes. Yeah, yes. Ukraine okay. is fighting corruption step by step, but still oh, we man. are corrupt country. And uh, in the second round, uh, uh, Yushchenko, who was pro-European Union, uh, he won. And uh, he uh, that when we started, uh, move, you know, also developing our Ukrainian language, like we step by step. Um, changing totally uh, from Russian to Ukrainian language, everything in the country. Sure. And uh, then uh, later, um, next, when uh, Yushchenko finished his, uh, his uh, presidential um, term, uh, Yanukovych won, <laughs> who was pro-Russian, <laughs> after five years. Was that was was that a, a, a democratic election? So like it went to the people and they voted. Yes, so the majority had, voted to stay for to be Russian. Yeah. Ukrainians who are uh, older than thirty five years old, who lived the last ten years in the country, and who is the resident, of course, the resident. Um, those people can vote. Yeah. Yes, and uh, people, yeah, we are choosing president. Um, okay, so... 
I don't know, it was a fair uh, or not, like clear and honest uh, election or not, uh, no one knows, but Yanukovych started uh, play, um, like a course to Russia because uh, we, uh, we have a trading system very connected to Russia. And uh, when uh, we had Yushinka, he was reducing uh, trading Trading mm. with Russia and doing his way to Europe. Well, uh, I, like I said, I know you're not a politician. I know there's some pretty hard questions. Yeah, no, um, sorry. So, I, I, but I, I thank you. I thank you because, like I said, anyone can Google this stuff. Um, but I appreciate your your input. Um, but one thing I, I found, um, which I found sort of mind-boggling, in 2014. So when the the become the president, prime minister, which is all pro-European, apparently steps are put in place to uh, eliminate or stop speaking Russian or practice sort of Russian culture. Is, is that correct? In, in which year? Uh, from 2014. I, I read this of, um, of two different things. Um, I watched a professor, a speech on YouTube by a professor called John Marshier of Chicago University, who's an American political scientist. Who, so he's highly respected in political science when it comes to the United States and after Russia and, and Ukraine. After Euromaidan, yes. After Euromaidan, um, Ukraine really changed a lot. People, um, uh, many people who used to speak Russian, uh, at home, they start speaking Ukrainian wow. in, in purpose. And um, yes, and uh, even, you know, uh, sometimes if you speak Russian, uh, after 2014, if you speak Russian uh, outside, you can see that some people um, don't like it. Some, wow. you know, now we have very strange, interesting situation. People uh, who, uh, prefer to speak Russian because for them it's more comfortable. They are waiting how other person speaks to them. If huh. they speak Ukrainian, they answer Ukrainian. If they speak Russian, they answer Russian. You know, it's like this. I don't know. It's is that is that because like if you speak Russian, you must be in favor of Putin? Yes. Yes. Wow. Wow. So so in the places where they predominantly voted to be or stay more Russian, do they just speak, I'm guessing they just speak more Russian to one another. I, I don't know, is that, is that how it is? Some places in Ukraine? Yeah. Yes, still in the south and the east, uh, people speak more Russian mainly. Uh, but Kiev, mm, Ukrainian, <laughs> and uh, the west, People in the West always was speaking Ukrainian language. They're very nationalist, like nationally, um, they love, I don't know how to say in English, sorry, but they are always speaking Ukrainian there. So, and Kiev was 50-50, but now Kiev speaks Ukrainian. So what I was reading up, apparently the parts of the Ukraine sort of extended or talked to Putin and said, come save us. Like, because apparently, they weren't getting treated right. Um, apparently there was like this oppression, like this is, I, I don't know, but apparently this is uh, what's been reported. Like, is there any, do you think there's any truth to that? 
uh, not treated. Uh, uh, sorry, I didn't understand your question. Yep, That's sure. I, I know it's a, it's a hard question. Um, and English, I think, is your third language, <laughs> possibly fourth. <laughs> so, uh, um, so in the eastern parts of the Ukraine, okay. uh, who, if they're always wanting to talk Russian, perhaps they want to think and possibly be and act like Russian. So apparently in recent times, in the last six months, 12 months, I, I don't know, but in recent times, uh, they extend, or they were talking to Russia and said, hey, we're, we're not being treated fairly by the Ukraine people, by the Ukraine government. Uh, um, okay, I can tell you opinions of people who I know personally. Sure. I know personally at least one family who <clears throat> used to live in Donetsk and uh, it's my friend and her parents uh, and she, they moved to Kyiv after, uh, when um, uh, this uh, Lugansk and Donetsk uh, area started to separate from Ukraine and uh, they, they don't support, they don't want to be in Russia, they want to be in Ukraine. Uh, people uh, you know, also there in those regions, um, info, you can't get easily information because uh, those people who are controlling those territories, they close everything. You can't get easily information from there, but totally the opinion that people they are now um, having a not easy life. They have uh, low salaries, lower than in uh, Ukraine itself. Um, and. Uh, they have, um, uh, I know one person who lives there, they have also dirty water. I don't know really why this problem they have, but um, they have this problem. And yeah, uh, I don't think that many people supporting, I don't know, honestly, I don't think so. Many people left, many people left. Mm. And uh, I mean, they moved to Kiev uh, uh, or other territories of Ukraine. Um, uh, if we talk about south and west, south and west of Ukraine, that is not in uh, separated areas, not in uh, Lugansk and uh, Donetsk areas. Uh, there are some people still, I know them personally, uh, who say that uh, uh, it's Ukrainians' fault and uh, they uh, support Putin. <laughs> I don't know. Really, it's uh, it's it's okay. some people, yeah. but uh, I don't know. It, you know, people are uh, different, and many. I think even now, uh, Russian people who live in Russia, they are not happy with situation because, okay, we uh, politics. It's politics. You know, we always uh, we cannot have a hundred percent. Something hundred percent good this or bad this yes sorry yep. for my no no I I, I can you're doing well it's what, a tough conversation I, what I want to say that um, for normal people simple people civilians important that politicals when they are trying to show their ego and um, um, sorry, I can The ego, that's right, people are demonstrating their ego, yes. They use just um, uh, humans' lives, you know. Mm. This is, um, this is what people, I think even in Russia, now they, <clears throat> they are protesting because 
normal people dying for someone's um, um, ego and uh, desire to some, just to show something, you know. This, <clears throat> this is the, um, the sad reality. Because uh, I think uh, Ukraine, you know, simply just want to be um, an um, independent country that can decide where, uh, you know, to have its own culture. And uh, Ukraine is free to choose uh, uh, with who she want, uh, she, uh, it want to be a friend, right? So, I don't know. I, I, <laughs> I don't want much politician, politici uh, how to say, I don't want to be too much, uh, uh, sorry. That's okay. <laughs> That's fine. I mean, uh, Just take, take. You know, every every, every okay. country has its own truth, but yeah. um, I think uh, it's always possible to find a uh, peaceful way. I, I agree, and and the rest of the world, the vast majority of the world, also thinks so. There, you know, there's always disagreements in different cultural interpretations and what we should do and what we shouldn't do. But to resort to war, it's it should never be the the way the option is. But and that's why it's so sad to see. And you know, I can yeah. see in your eyes like how upset you are. So I thank you again for for trying to explain such a hard topic. Um, Cause I'm just, we're all confused. Um, we all don't really know what's going on and, and you know, you're, you're a local. So I thank you for, for sharing this information the best you can in your third chosen yeah. language. So yeah, sorry, my, uh, yeah, my no, it's uh, trust English me. You, you, you speak, you speak some better English than half the Australians here. Come on, like, you, you're pretty good. So don't, don't, I am a big traveler and um, I visited many countries. I mean, not many, many, but at least uh, almost 30. And one day I will visit Australia for sure. I hope so. Uh, I'll happily show you around. But uh, before we do that, before I get to show you around Australia, um, like I said, I want to I want to finish on a high note. Uh, many like I, I, I'm a tour guide, you're a tour guide. And we like showing our countries. We like talking about all the good things and the reason why things are amazing. Um, and I really want to be able to understand, because um, I think in Ukraine, and now it's a really feel for your situation, um, like not just the war, but also as a tour guide, because so many people are like, no, I'm not going to go there. Um, and and that, that, that's tough. Like, I know that's going to be really tough. But why don't we uh, talk about when this moves on, and tourism is going to be back in the in the Ukraine. Can we talk about some of the good things and the reasons why to, to yeah. go to Ukraine? Uh, of course, I I would like to invite um, people who still didn't visit Ukraine, please come and uh, visit Ukraine well, after. Of course, after not now, but when uh, the situation will be calm and I, every one day everything will be good. Uh, talk, talk me through. Talk me through one of your tours. Um, imagine if I'd, uh, I'd arrive in Kiev and like, hey, Anna, what can we do today? What, what can we do in Kiev? <laughs> well, Kiev is a very ancient and beautiful city. You know, it has a special spirit. In Kiev, you can, um, if you like history, you can see many historical places. For example, the 
uh, the oldest what we have in from 11th century we have few places uh, Kiev itself started uh, the history in 5th century so you can see historical places if you like food then you're the, in the right place because in Kiev it's not easy to find bad food even in a simple inexpensive places what's the standard what what's a what's a ukrainian i know there's that's pretty popular in australia chicken we say kiev chicken kiev but you'd yeah. say a chicken chicken kiev, kiev it's uh, <laughs> yes <laughs> it's um what is it it's it's, um, it's a cutlet made out of uh, chicken breast and inside a um, piece of butter. Um, it's a fry, it's a fried <laughs> and, yep. uh, and served like this. <laughs> so okay. many people, it's a, it's, um, it, I got, I got a friend of mine. But if we talk about Ukrainian yeah. food, of course, borscht, and there are still mm. debates if it's Russian or Ukrainian. <laughs> What is, what is it? What, what's, what's, what else is it? Alenka? What is it? What's a borscht? What's that? A borscht is soup uh, made out of uh, beet, cabbage, uh, potato, and uh, tomato paste, uh, meat. Uh, it's, and we eat it usually with sour cream. Actually, Ukrainians, uh, if you talk about traditional food, that we eat many dishes with the sour cream. Mm. <laughs> borscht, vareniki, we always add sour cream. Two things here I think complement alcohol and beer drinking. Is is that common? Yeah, usually if you come yeah. uh, to a Ukrainian restaurant, they propose you as a compliment to drink some short uh, shorts, yeah? Shorts. Ah, yeah. Warm up <laughs> the palate. You have good mood when ah. you eat. <laughs> For good digestion. <laughs> so I, I got so I got some friends of mine. I said, mate, um, I'm doing a podcast with a the beautiful girl in Ukraine. She's from Ukraine. Any questions? Because they've been. And he said about sculptures and architecture is just incredible. How and what? What's all that about? Uh, you know, I can say uh, it's interesting now to visit. I mean, not now, but when situation will become. Because Ukraine is still post-Soviet country, and in Ukraine you still see uh, Soviet buildings. That is for many people interesting uh, subject, I think. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I looked into it um, in World War Two. I think three or four million Ukrainians fought alongside the Russians in World War Two, like at, at the same force. So yeah. there is there is a deep recent history there. Yes, yes, and um, for example, our main street, Krishatik, it's uh, it has a pure Soviet. Uh, let's say style in style because uh, this street was destroyed completely in second world war uh, so it has uh, like huge buildings um, special design and yeah and still and also we have um, ancient uh, style buildings that some part of these places uh, survive from 11th century but of course um, mainly they are I would say they are um, um, reconstructed, but mm. the style, the style is nice. And we have many, many churches with golden domes. What? So what are those? Yeah. What? What are the domes? What? What? I see Eastern Europe. I see churches with golden domes. What? What are they? 
Yeah, it's um, it's really true. We have many many churches with golden domes. Uh, it's just a thin layer of um, uh, gold, like a golden foil, and uh, yeah, uh, they are covered. Just and it's beautiful when we have sunny weather. It's, uh, for example, we have um, <clears throat> one object um, <clears throat> from 11th century. We call it uh, golden uh, golden gates. Uh, in, it's a museum now, and inside this museum there is a wall that survived originally from 11th century. And on the top of these uh, gates, we have a little, little church with golden dome. It was made in 11th century to show uh, guests who were entering uh, to Old Kiev that it's Christian city. You know, mm. so it was, shi <laughs> it was shining on the sun, the sun and the cross on the top. So everyone could knew because <clears throat> in um, uh, the end of 10th century, <clears throat> we changed religion from uh, paganism to Christianity. And after that, um, uh, our leaders started to build the churches everywhere. Wow. Um, you, you mentioned before, like, I, I didn't realize that most people in Ukraine spoke Russian or, or still do, but what is the difference in the language or the dialect? I look at Russian language and Ukrainian, for me in Australia, I, I can't tell the difference, to be honest. But what is the difference? Yes, it's very similar. Um, and the funny fact that Ukrainians understand both languages, but Russians um, hardly understand Ukrainian. It's understandable, uh, but... Um, is it like maybe you look at French and Italian? You know, the letters might look the same, but would, the I would say like Italian and Spanish. Right. I would say this. So there's similarities. Yes. Okay. A lot of similarities. And even our alphabet is, we have only a few different uh, letters. Um, that's it. So, yeah, it's very similar. Because we are, you know, uh, we are a Slavic uh, nation. We are brothers and sisters. <laughs> Mm. We have families together connected, and oh. um, yeah, now I know. we are fighting. <laughs> I know it blows my mind. It's it's so it's so terrible yeah. to see. But, uh, just to be positive, I uh, wanted to add that in Kiev you can find any any activities that you like. I mean, if you come, you, uh, the best time to come is <clears throat> from May till October. And at this time, you can find, uh, you can walk around, you can uh, fly <clears throat> by helicopter or balloon, you can do water sport, you can do build, uh, team building games, and the prices are really good for those who come from, I don't know, from EU countries or from uh, the US. Uh, because so, it's yeah. So yeah, can you get your headset and just move it? The microphone. It's just there. there it is. Yeah. Yeah, I am in Italy now, and I can compare prices. Here is expensive to eat in restaurant. In Ukraine, um, much wow. much better for tourists. And and, uh, and then yeah, wow. But we have high prices for clothes. <laughs> that is, uh, if you want to shopping, I would recommend not Ukraine. So I was looking like in addition to adventure sports, um, 
because Ukraine, it seems very cold. <laughs> it can, can be very cold. But I think you've got some beautiful... I mean, it's for Europe, it's quite a large country. But I think there's a lot of national parks. Do, do, have you been to any places, like outside of Kiev? Like, where, where would it go for... Can you do skiing there? There's, like, any, like, animals there? <laughs> well, um... Skiing, um, it's possible to do even in Kiev, but it's, um, you can just name it skiing because it's just one uh, little uh, hill. Oh, really? Uh, which, <laughs> <laughs> it's inside the city, of course. So we have a couple places, places for skiing uh, near Kiev, but if you want real skiing, you should go to Carpathian Mountains. That is more uh, west of Ukraine. Beautiful. And, um, but the yes, rain is cold. That's why I advise to come from May to October. It's the best time. Because it's a bit warmer. <laughs> Snow's melted, perhaps. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, no, really, I can tell you, yeah. you know, Ben, I can tell you that I know many people who, after visiting the Ukraine for the first time, they come back again. <clears throat> I cannot explain why, but people really fall in love with um, Ukraine. I think I know why. I, I think I know the secret. Do you want to know the secret? Tell me. Uh, same again. I haven't been to Ukraine, but friends of mine have been to Ukraine. They are male and they went there in their 20s and they were single. And they said to me, and they're saying, like, they're, they're world travellers. They've been to about 100 countries each many years abroad from Australia and they said the women there are the most attractive women in the world. And uh, I, I, think, I think you are an example of that because if we're the same age, we certainly, you look, you look beautiful. What can I say? You're, you're a good looking human being. Thank you, Ben. But uh, I think um, that also it's about, not only about beautiful women, but people totally are very friendly in Ukraine. You can't imagine, for example, if you ask someone to take a picture of you, if you're, for example, alone or you're with friends on a picture, this person who you asked to do it, he will sit, he will stand, this angle, this angle, people really make an effort to help people. Uh, really, Ukrainians in this are amazing because I'm, I have experience. I ask many times people for photo and I'm surprised. And sometimes if I ask some foreigners, I see different because <laughs> people uh, in Ukraine, yeah, they understand that, you know, it's uh, photo is important for memory, <laughs> I don't know. Do, does like many people uh, in Ukraine speak English, like, like yourself? Uh, that's another, another important moment. Uh, as I heard from my tourists, uh, not many, not, uh, not enough to feel um, completely comfortable in Ukraine. Um, you, you, you can be okay, you can, uh, of course, you can, um, you can be okay, but um, better to have or with you uh, translator in your phone or a private tour guide. No way, I'll, I'll, I'll be calling you up. <laughs> <laughs> yes, no, really, uh, people who use the service of private uh, tour guide, they, they see difference because they save time uh, they get good advices um, and uh, they can, uh, you know, the tour guide can um, easily book 
any activities or any user check when it's open, when it's not, what uh, should be, give advices for close for mm. some moment. Can you, can you tell me what's on the TV? Like, do you get American Hollywood movies? Is, is there Russian movies? Is it China? Or is it, is it like Hollywood movies, but it's dubbed in Ukrainian? Is it dubbed in Russian? Oh, Ben, I'm sorry, but this question is um, not to me because I don't watch TV. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, I'm honest. Uh, I don't watch TV. Uh, I I've... usually use the um, internet and uh, I, use, I use, watch video on YouTube. Uh, okay. Well, how did you learn to speak English so well? I mean, I've, I've got a lot of friends that live in Europe or, or are European and one of the, how they got to speak English better was through movies. They watched a lot of movies and they end up speaking their English with an American accent. But um, I, I, my, my English, my English, uh, it, it took me years to speak and still I, I'm not happy with my English level. Uh, oh, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, I learned, um, uh, started in school then, um, uh, when I was looking, uh, when I was younger, younger, I was looking for a job and I understood that those people who know English, they get better salary. So I uh, finished a couple uh, courses, uh, language courses. Then I found job and there I need to call abroad. So there I jumped over the language barrier. I started speaking. Then I live abroad for three years. Um, there also I use English and then I travel a lot. I visited, as I mentioned, uh, almost 30 countries and uh, some countries few times. Mm. That's my story. And now I work with tourism, with tourists. Uh, I use English every day, uh, writing, talking. I understand, okay. You've done it from a very educated perspective. <laughs> Instead of just watching movies, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I understand. Um, even uh, to be honest, uh, I speak to my son uh, mainly in English. <laughs> really? Point. So, yes. Is it? What well, do you think the way forward for Ukraine is to speak Ukrainian or to speak English? What What, <laughs> what, what would give him the the best opportunity in the Ukraine? Uh, I think if um, to be fair. I think for Ukrainian, it's good to know three languages, uh, Eng uh, Ukrainian, English, and Russian as well, because still we are brothers and sisters. We have families there, connections. Uh, I, I, I have relatives there in Russia. And Russian, um, you know, it's also a very popular language. And I, I believe one day uh, we will be in good relationship. In, I believe, I'm always positive and a little bit maybe naive, but I believe that will be good. So why not? If you live in Ukraine, you can simply learn, know these three languages and you can be okay in the world. <laughs> maybe it could be also Chinese. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, well, on that note, um, that gives me a bit of hope and um, I'd like to sort of wrap up this conversation. But uh, I think I just finally figured out you said you're 37 and I think you look like 27, if not younger. I know why. I know why. Because uh, studies show that people that can speak multiple languages... So there's parts of our brain where we've got to think. So people that can speak more than uh, like two languages and more, and you're three, engages your brain faster to think... You know, you think from Ukrainian to Russian to English. Uh, I, I can't. 
So this is how I look. I look this old because I only speak one language. But your brain and your brain and your physiology and your psychology and everything, everything's intertwined. So your brain is operating so well. Maybe that's maybe that's it. Maybe that's the secret. We've got to learn. I think you operated okay. too kind to me. And then... <laughs> I said, we, I said we, had, we had to finish on a high note because, and I, I like what you said, you know, um, I, I use the expression, why not? And you said, why not? And to be positive, what else do we have? We've got to be positive. There's no other choice. And I really like what you said. And, you know, I, I thank you because this, this is a hard topic. Um, I really wanted to learn more about the Ukraine. I've, the first time I've ever spoken to anyone from the Ukraine in all my travels. So um, I really do appreciate sharing everything. I know you got emotional before. Um, and no, it's it's okay. It's I don't know what it's like. Um, I hope I never do. But you are in this situation, you know, to think you could be stuck in Italy for such a long time. You could be. I don't want to speak about it. I want to stay positive. You know, I want. I hopefully you go home really soon, and this ends soon. Like the no, the world doesn't want it. You know, and yeah. and so many people in Australia are. are really behind this it's all on the news non-stop in australia yeah i can i know in all world in italy also when we switch on tv all mainly news about ukraine yeah uh, so i believe that um, all world is praying for ukraine and uh, um, i hope i hope that that uh, i believe I believe that maybe not in nearest future, but Ukraine will be a strong country. I think you, I think the hope uh, for what I got out of this podcast, you said that brothers and sisters, you know, you got family over there and hopefully that connection will produce enough common sense where people will just stop. Yes. I hope so soon now today, hopefully. Yes. Today, today, please. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I well, wish, I wish. thank you so much for joining us on this podcast. And um, after this podcast, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep sending you messages and, and hope you're okay. And hopefully, people, um, it, it, it's terrible. And sending you all kindness and caring and, and much love as it can from Australia. Thank you very much, Ben, for letting me to speak to invite me for your podcast. And yeah, I I wish you also. You're doing a great job and uh, I wish uh, you the best. And Thank welcome you. to your home. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much. I hope, I hope to meet you in Ukraine one day. Oh, I <laughs> will be you. there. Let's do it. Come to Australia, come to Ukraine, show me around, have some chicken Kievs, and then I can uh, hopefully cook okay. you some kangaroo perhaps. <laughs> deal. deal. Let's do that. <laughs> Go deal. Okay. Bye. Bye-bye. Have a good day. You made it to the end of the podcast. All right. You know the drill. Give us a like, subscribe, or leave some juicy comments. And thank you so much for listening to Get Lost with the Travel Guide, where we talk all things travel, tourism, and adventure. See you next time.